0: Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. The dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. He who leads the whole world astray. Underline that in your Bibles. He who leads the whole world astray or deceives the whole world. He was hurled to the earth with his angels with him. You say, well, how can Satan do that? How can he deceive the whole world? Well, first, you have to understand that Satan believes in his product. He believes in his deception. He believes his own lies. He is a fallen angel. You see, the reason Satan wanted to unseat God is because he believed that he deserves worship which is due to God alone. And so Satan completely deceives himself. Therefore, Satan is committed to promoting his deception to others. But he's cunning. He's conniving. He's scheming. The Bible makes it very clear. So he does not come out in the open and says, Hey, I am Satan, and I want you to worship me and not God. Now, those of us who have been watching closely how things are happening in this country and around the world even, in the last 30 years or so, 40 years, we have seen with our own eyes how Satan deceived whole denominations that used to preach the Word of God have been deceived and now no longer preach the Word. Big mega-churches that once established upon the power of the Holy Spirit, now they have been deceived. You see, Satan's deception is not very creative. It's not very original. (laughs) He is what you call a one-trick pony. He does what he does exactly the same way he did it in the Garden of Eden. He will change the circumstances, but he does the same thing over and over and over again. No wonder the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, he said, of his devices, that is, of his deceptions, of his tricks, of his conniving, we are not ignorant. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, basically, I'm putting it in a very blunt, Yusuf way, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And if you want to have power over the enemy, you better have knowledge of your enemy. You better have knowledge of how he operates. You better have knowledge of how he works. I have seven things that I want to share with you today by which Satan deceives believers. First, he makes you doubt the authority of the Word of God. Secondly, he works his hardest among believers and believers' homes and Bible-believing churches. Thirdly, he makes you to be the focus of everything. Fourthly, he will give you counterfeit feelings. He will counterfeit. He'll forge the truth. Fifthly, he loves to display his trophies. He loves to display his masterpieces, and they're not the ones you think about. Wait until I get to it. (laughs) Number six, he sugarcoats poison pills. And seventh, lastly... He tries to lull you to sleep before he can sneak on you, even through what is known as the socially acceptable sins. We're going to look at this as we unpack them together. The first thing he does is he makes you doubt and debate the authority of the Word of God. (laughs) That's how he did it in the garden. That's how he does it all the time. He starts very slowly, and he starts gently. And he comes across very compassionate, oh, very understanding. <laughs> Some people make the mistake of thinking that Adam and Eve really were pushovers in the garden. No, 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 no. They lived in close community with God <laughs> like none other. They fellowshiped closely with God. They heard God speak with their own ears to them, and Satan knew that he has to be crafty, that his, he has to be cunning. He couldn't just come up front and say to Eve, hey, Eve, uh, worship me instead of God. She would have said, buzz off. There's no way I'm going to do that, right? See, this Baba is very conniving, is very slick. And so instead, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, he comes in and says, did you really understand God correctly? Are you really interpreting the Bible as it ought to be interpreted today? What is he doing? Listen carefully, please. He is turning a divine command into a subject for debate. In fact, Satan used the serpent, which has a reputation of being prudent in the garden. And he uses the serpent as his mouthpiece. You see, that way, he broke down Eve's defenses. He broke them down. Once he changed a divine command into a debatable subject, he followed that with persuasiveness. Oh, your behavior is as good as anybody else's, except mine is a lot more fun. The idea of dying... If you eat from the forbidden fruit, oh, it's such an old-fashioned. Nobody believes that anymore. What is he basically saying to Eve? He's saying, girl, (laughs) you need to get with it. Girl, you're missing out on a whole lot of living. Girl, (laughs) there are a whole lot of exploring to do. Girl, God is not going to fuss at you for living and let live. Come on now. (laughs) Beloved, here's the problem. The moment Eve allowed the discussion to go on, she was cooked. If Satan can get you to debate any moral or ethical issues that have been settled in the Word of God long ago, he's two-thirds of the way in. If Satan can get you to debate sex outside of heterosexual marriage, you're a dead duck. The moment he gets you to debate whether you need to feed daily upon the Word of God and spend time with the Word of God, he's two-thirds of the way in. The moment he gets you to debate anything that has been settled in the Word of God, he's two-thirds of the way in. And the first thing he does is, the, in trying to defeat you... And, and render you ineffective is by getting us to doubt and debate the Word of God. Secondly, He works His hardest. If you look at His billable hours, most of them are in believers' homes, in believers' lives, and in believing churches. That's where He spends His overtime hours. See, the ones He already deceived, He wants them to just. Stay busy, having fun. <laughs> he doesn't want to disturb them. He doesn't want to spoil their fun. Satan is not fighting churches. He's joining them. Because Satan knows that he can cause more havoc by sowing tears than tearing up wheat. <laughs> Frontal assault is seldom his mode of operation. It really isn't. That's why it's so deceptive. And Satan uses slick, successful, sweet pastors and preachers and leaders in the church and priests. All these sounds are good. And they draw you in. And the next thing you know, you're following these guys and not Jesus. Listen to what Paul said in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times some will abandon the faith. He's talking to believers, right? And they're going to follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Please listen to me. Satan senses that his time to be thrown into the lake of fire with all his demons is drawing nigh. So his deception is intensifying Around the world is working harder than ever before around the globe, deceiving believers. He knows something else. Satan knows that he can never snatch the elect out of the hand of God. He knows what Jesus said, those whom the Father has given me, I'll lose none. He knows he cannot snatch you and make you lose your salvation. So what does he do? He deceives you to create misery in your life and render you ineffective. He makes you doubt the authority of the Word of God. That's his first step. He works his hardest in the believer's life and the believer's family and believing church. Thirdly, he wants you to be the center and the focus of everything. The enemy of your soul loves to convince you that he wants to meet your needs, even if he manufactures those needs. And if you listen closely to the average person, when they go looking for a church, nine out of ten, they would say, I'm looking for a church that meets my needs. Now, beloved, I know I tell you the truth, and some of you might not like the truth, but it is the absolute truth. Listen carefully. There is no church, no pastor, no institution, no Sunday school, no living soul can meet your needs. The only one who can meet your needs, real needs, not manufactured ones, is Jesus. The sad part of many church leaders is that they geared their ministry on being need-meters. Need-meters. They meet your needs. They have fallen under the deception of gearing up everything, just meet the needs, not lifting Jesus. The tragedy in this situation, in time, God, disappears out of the picture, and you get pop psychology. Satan loves to convince you that's all about you, not Jesus. It's about you. You're the focus. Your need is paramount. You're the center of the universe. Your opinion is all that matters. Uh, You're feeling good. Is all that matters. <laughs> he makes you doubt the authority of the Word of God. He works diligently against believers and believing homes and believing churches. He makes you to be the focus. Fourthly, Satan is a supreme forger. He is a supreme forger. He is a counterfeiter. Just as some clever people who specialize in forging currencies. And then when you look at the doll, you, don't, you can't tell the difference, and untrained eye cannot tell the difference. That's how Satan works. He creates counterfeit everything. Everything. The Bible said he appears as an angel of light. Oh my goodness, he's an angel of light. And you want to go bow down and worship. That's what an angel of light wants you to do. He appears as an angel of light. His whole program is imitating God so that people worship him instead of God. And that is why the Bible calls him the God of this world. Can you say that with me? The God of this world. It's repeated in the Scripture. God gave Moses power to perform miracles. Pharaohs, who's a type of Satan, his minions will perform similar miracles. Counterfeit. The Bible said that the Antichrist is going to perform miracles. Supernatural miracles, no wonder, large number of the population of the world going to be in awe of him. Don't ever forget that Satan and his demons are slick preachers. They really are. They're preachers. Don't ever forget that. And they will preach all sorts of things that makes you feel good. Except there's one line, one red line, they'll never cross. They'll agree with you and go along and go along until they get you, but there's one red line they will never cross. Do you know what it is? Jesus is the only Savior, and there's no other way to salvation but through Jesus. They won't cross that line. I often tell people when they move out of town or they're looking for churches in other places, and I'll say to them, ask the pastor one question. Is Jesus the only way to salvation in heaven? Yes or no? No. If it waffles, run. I pray that every single person here and everyone watching around the world would say with the Apostle Paul today, of his devices, of his deceptions, we're not ignorant. He makes you doubt the authority of the Word of God and debate it. He works His hardest among believers and believing churches. He makes you to be the focus and the center. He's the great forger. Fifthly, He loves to display His trophies, His masterpieces. Not what you think. I have talked to enough people, and they think that Satan's masterpieces are those in the ghettos and the drug addict. These are his victims but he's embarrassed about them. He will not display them. His trophies are the beautiful movie stars and the media personalities and the unbelieving bishops in the churches. His masterpieces are the respectable community leaders who see no need for salvation through Jesus alone. His masterpieces are the glamorous people who think that they can be good without God That's who his trophies are. His masterpieces are those who preach tolerance, and yet they persecute Christians. And when the Bible said Satan appears as an angel of light, it means that he wants his followers to appear to be beautiful people. He wants them to appear to be kind and tolerant. He wants them to appear to be generous and philanthropic. He wants them to appear to be politically correct and spread pluralism. He wants them to be tolerant of all sorts of perversion. That's who his trophies are, and he loves to display them. Remember this. Satan never told Eve, not one time, that this obeying God would get her thrown out of the garden, not one time. He will never tell you the consequences of sin and disobedience. He will never tell you about the lake of fire that's been prepared for him and his angels and his trophies. In fact, Satan has done a number on the preachers of today where he got them to take hell out of their lexicon, out of their preaching schedule. And that is why Jesus was not friend of the beautiful people and the glamorous people and the media personalities. Jesus was friend of sinners who needed a Savior. He was a friend of repentant sinners, tax collectors, and prostitutes, those who recognize that their deepest need is for Jesus. Six, he sugarcoats his poison pills. Some time ago, I read this story about a very prominent British writer, well-known writer by the name of Joseph Duveen. Duveen took his little girl on a picnic for a day at the beach. But try as he may, he could not get her to get into the chilly waters of the Atlantic. No matter what he tried, it wouldn't work. Finally, he had an idea. He built a little fire right there by the beach. And he put the kettle on the fire. And he boiled some water. And with flair panache, <laughs> he held the kettle of boiling water in front of his daughter and poured it in the ocean. And he said, see, the water is warm now. And the little girl gleefully ran into the cold, chilly waters. Beloved, listen to me. The enemy of your soul often does that to us. He sprinkles an ocean of falsehood with driplets of truth. <laughs> oh, but he does it with a panache. <laughs> and the unsuspecting people gleefully run into his trap to their own sorrow. Whether this sugar-coated poison pill is in the business world, they said, hey, everybody's cutting corners, why can't you? Or whether it be on a personal conduct he tell you there's all sorts of panacea for your needs. You don't need to just go to the only one who can meet all your needs, whether it be in your finances, where he sells you a lie of fear, and you live in fear, not in faith, and you hold on to the tithe and the offering, and then you realize that your pockets, like the Bible said, there are holes in them, and you're not being blessed, and you wonder why. He sold you a bill of goods. On and on and on and on I could go. He makes you doubt the authority of God's Word. He, makes, he works His hardest among believers. He makes you to be the focus. He will counterfeit faith for, and truth. He will display His masterpieces and trophies. He will sugarcoat poison pills. Finally, He lulls you to sleep so He can sneak on you. He starts with the socially acceptable sins. He really does. He goes to the socially acceptable sins, And a believer falls for it without batting an eye. Yet those are the very sins that Satan uses to numb your spiritual senses. But he's numbing you. He's numbing you. He's numbing you. Constantly working these respectable sins among believers until he numbs you, spiritually speaking. And then he moves. Ah. But when you fall for his traps, you lose your joy. You lose your effectiveness for Christ. You become a pew warmer. It's not that you're even going to stop coming to church. You will lose your cutting edge for Christ. You might go through the motions, but you have lost your cutting edge.